Okay. Like I really need a microphone. <laughs> um, I've been asked to come and share with y'all something God has uh, done in my life. Um, recently, I've joined the uh, discipleship class, and God has been really doing some amazing things with me through that class. And uh, David, I shared with them on last Monday about an experience that I had, and he asked me to share it with you guys. Um, I had a friend of mine. Um, I've always asked God to reveal his gifts to me and uh, give me wisdom, and that's exactly what he's doing in this discipleship class. And uh, one of the things that he's revealed to me recently is the gift of healing. And a friend of mine called me couple of weeks or last week and told me that she'd been in a car accident and um, she was in a lot of pain. Well, on my way over there to go minister to her, God told me, I want you to heal her. And I'm like, God, are you serious? <laughs> because I'm really new at all this. I'm just learning about the gifts of the Spirit. And, and he said, Shirley, I want you to do this, but I want you to do it knowing that you're not doing it for yourself, that you're doing it for her also, and she will understand why. I'm like, okay, God. Um, and I'll, I'll have to admit, I wasn't, I was confident in what God could do, but not what I could do. And God said, I will give you all you need to make this happen. Amen. And um, so I went and I spoke with her, and then I told her, I said, would you please come outside? I would like to do something for you that God's laid on my heart. And so we went outside, and um, to me, being in nature draws me closer to God. So I told her, I, I kind of explained to her what was happening <laughs> before I did it. I said, I'm fixing to pray for you, and uh, you will be healed. And uh, God told me, asked her what other ailments she has that she wants healed too. So I was like, okay, do you have any other ailments other than this accident? Do you need healing for her? And she told me, yes, she had issues with her legs going numb. And I said, okay. I said, be patient with me and um, don't be scared. I said, I'm fixing to start praying for you and I'll, I will have, lay hands on you. And I said, please don't freak out <laughs> or get scared. And she said, Shirley, I trust you and I trust God. And I started praying over her, and God just flowed through. The words yeah. came out, and everything just ran so smoothly. And while after, after I was finished praying for her, she kind of stepped back, and she said, Shirley, I have to share something with you. And I'm like, already? <laughs> you know, I'm like, boy, that was quick. And she said, no. She says, as you were speaking, God was giving me visions of the things that he was pointing out and wow. what you were saying to wow. me. And she's always had night terrors her whole life. And she said, she said that night, uh, she called me the next day and she said, Shirley, for the first time in my life, I dreamed about heaven. Woo! And dreamed about being whole and completely healed and seated next to, not below, not on the floor bowing, but next to God. And she said, that's something I've never experienced in my life. And she said, God gave me visions of my eyes being healed, my body being healed. And she said, and he woke me up four times during the night and said, Melanie, move your arm. I want you to see that what I've told you, I've done. And she would move her arm, and she said, Oh, my God, there's no pain. He Woo. said, I told you, I got this. Come on. And um, the next day, she couldn't wait to call me and tell me what God had wow. revealed to her through dreams, what he was doing in her body as, as far as healing wow. her. And he had told me that, what we would both receive would not be just a healing. Mm. For me, wow. it was to give me confidence, and for her, it was to show her more wow. than what she knew about God and His kingdom. Yes. So, um, 
And I told her anything that would happen would be to glorify God and not Shirley because Shirley had nothing to do with it. I was just the vessel that he decided yeah. to use Thank to bring God. healing to her body. Wow. So um, oh, man. I just Come wanted on. to share that Here with y'all. And, and, and another thing is God can use us at any level of our relationship with him. And I'm very new at what I'm doing. I'm learning what God tells me, the, the, the gifts that I have. And he's teaching me how to use it along each level of glory that he carries me into. Amen. So Thank you Lord. can be on the lowest level and God can still use you and give things to others where we don't feel we're worthy to even be a part wow. of. So thank you, Lord. Thank you all for the share. Y'all just give her a hand. That's, that's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Now give God a hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Okay, let's, let's do that. Let's, let's stand to our feet. Everybody stand to your feet. Um, let's, thank the God, let's thank the Lord right now for what He's going to do in you because what had just happened... A seed was just handed to you. And can we just lift our voice and lift our voices and thank the Lord? Say, God, I just receive that seed and have your way in me. Lord, right now, we just say, we receive what the Holy Spirit just said to us. And right now, we take it and we are going to replant the seed you have just given us. We receive the seed that you have just given us. Just say it in your own words. Lord, I just thank you right now. Lord, that faith is being built in this place, Lord, that we are expecting to see the manifestation of heaven, the manifestation of Jesus, the authority, the glory of God in our life. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father. Everybody just give the Lord a shout. Thank you, God. You are good. You are good. Thank you, God. We just thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Yes. Yes. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Shirley, I want you to stand. One more. I want you to stay standing. I just, uh, he just says that there's more. There's more coming. Uh, he's going to give you more visions because you, you responded in obedience. He's going to continue to reveal to you things you never thought possible. And it's just the start. Yes. This is just the start. And, amen? Amen. amen? All right. Thank you. I just, he said that. How are we doing, Bill? I got a lot of buzz here. Can we get rid of the mids here? Um, amen. Amen. <laughs> That's another cool story. Amen. Hey, Bill, I'm going to switch over to the other mic. This is, this is weird. Can I do that? <clears throat> Can you guys hear me now? It just sounds a little better. I'm so excited because um, <clears throat> people usually call us to let us know what God's doing and, and uh, well, they'll call the church or, or they'll call our cell phones and be like, you wouldn't believe. And so I think it's important that the rest of the body knows because, I mean, if you, don't, if you haven't had the honor of, of meeting Shirley, you're not going to know that that happened. And so I, I, wanna, I wanted to share that just because I know that he's going to do that through you, everybody else, that what he has for Shirley, um, it's not Shirley, it's the nature of Christ. And if the same nature of Christ that is in her, it's in you, you could do whatever she did because she did what Jesus did. Amen? Okay. Um, another cool thing, when she was talking about being uh, the Lord coming to her in a dream and declaring the healing and said, you know, wake up, you're healed. Um, about a month or so ago, I, I spoke and, and I got healed. I, um, I got healed in a dream. And you guys remember I told that story. I'm not going to tell it again, get the CD. But we popped, the angel popped my, popped my back and I woke up with my back sticking up and I didn't know what it was. That's the short story. I was totally healed. And then like a, a day or two later, I woke up. And as soon as I woke up, I remembered like just the goodness of God of what, what he had done in, in healing my, my back. Um, he said, I'm going, to hear I'm going to heal more people in dreams. Like they're going to be in a dream. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show up in the dream and I'm going to heal them. 
And I was just like, okay, that's cool, but come on. And do you guys receive that? How many of you guys would like that? How many of you guys would, you know, you know, you know, dream, uh, a dream is a reality. It's just on another dimension. You do know that, right? Amen. Like how many, you know, when, uh, uh, I'm not going to go down the road, but a dream is a reality in another dimension. Some of you guys, have you ever had a dream? I'll, I'll say it. How many of you guys have ever had a dream of something that hasn't happened yet? And then later on, on in life, you walk through that. You remember you ever had a dream where you dream and then you're like, that's weird. And then maybe a month or two later or a year or two later, you're like, whoa, where have I been here? It's called a deja vu, right? You know what a deja vu is? A deja vu is, it's a spirit reality. What happened is your spirit, you dreamed and you had a vision of the future and your spirit man just got there before your physical man did because your spirit man's eternal. Hmm. All right. Time travel. God's way. It's, it's real. Now, we call it, we have an earthly term for it, but it's very spiritual. It is, it is a reality. That's how Jesus, like words of knowledge and, and prophetic words, you're stepping into an eternal realm. So that way, you not only God will reveal things, I mean, he doesn't real, reveal things in your past through the word of knowledge to, to, to condemn you. He just wants you to know that he, he's, he knows what you're going through. But he doesn't use it to condemn you. But in the prophetic word, it declares the future. Or, uh, and what it happens is you step into that eternal realm. And do you know when you got saved, you went from being just a human doing to a human being. A lot of people are just human doings. They just do stuff. But we be. We always are. We are in the image of I am. Amen? That means you always are. That means you can step into the future and you can step into the past, but you're everywhere at one time. We, Paul says that we have wisdom from another age. That means it's not our age. That means we're eternal because we're seated in heavenly places. We could be anywhere at one time. Okay, what in the world? That's cool stuff, but that's not what I'm talking about. Um, uh, one thing that God's really... Uh, before I get started, I want to kind of preface something and God's been talking to me about it's really cool and I'm learning about the spirit of revelation and I, you guys hear me kind of preface it and start with it but something happened a couple about a month ago or so on a Wednesday night and God has been sharing things with me he's been he's been revealing cool stuff like truths in the Bible it's the manifold wisdom of God you read one verse and you're like oh that's cool and you might learn the historical happening in the word but then he reveals to you hey this is actually what was taking place this is the meaning of, oh you guys ever been there you ever read the bible and then all of a sudden you read it again and just like it just explodes like a jack-in-the-box but it's like you in the box it just reveals you and you're like wow that's amazing well god's been doing stuff like that and something happened a month that god revealed something to me and i just thought that's amazing but i I, I, so I taught on faith, and someone came up afterwards and said, Hey, I got to tell you something. As you were preaching, God just God showed me this. And it was the very thing that God had revealed to me that he revealed to them. But I never taught that. See, the Spirit of God, he hides revelation and when you are listening to the very Spirit of God, see, he taught me that. I'm teaching in the Spirit. He revealed it to that person that he revealed it to me, and I never taught on that. That's the cool thing about Revelation. Um, you guys, turn in your Bibles real quick to Proverbs 25.2. And it says this. <clears throat> you guys to hear this. This is really awesome. Proverbs 25.2 says, this is, I just found this, and this is like my new favorite scripture. I mean, they're all my favorite, but this one's just kind of standing out right now. And it says this, Proverbs 25, 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. It is the glory of kings to search a matter out. What does that mean? You have to be a king to know what that means. You know what's interesting about Proverbs and I was sharing this with Kim, but like in Proverbs, it says, 
in the Proverbs 1, it says, I wrote this so you would understand riddles. But guess what? If you read all of Proverbs, there's not a single riddle in, in Proverbs. You're like, well, where's the riddle? Oh, there it is. It's like the Bible has things to where you have to search to find out what it means. There's a lot of people, they want to be spoon-fed truth, but it can only come when you search it out. You see, God conceals matters of your life. He conceals it in the kingdom. And if you are going to discover who you are, if you want to have that revealed, you have to be able to seek out that truth. Now, guess what? If you don't think you're a king, if you don't think you're royalty, you won't have the nature to go seek it out. You're just going to think, well, I need things brought to me. Well, guess what? You won't have things revealed to you. Because blessed are those who hunger and thirst, for they will be filled. And if you have things that you feel God is, well, I'll just tell you, God is concealing things to you. The reason why he conceals something to you is so that you will need to seek him to reveal it out. See, that's how good he is. You know, we have, um, uh, we have a family tradition. You guys, next week, you know, next week is Easter. And afterwards, we'll go over to John and Kathy's and, and all the family will go over there and we'll do an Easter egg hunt. And John will be like, okay, kids, I'm, I'm going out to hide the eggs. And he'll have the basket. And, and the parents are like, don't look outside. And you'll see like John in the window. And then he'll run over here and he'll go back and forth and he'll hide the eggs, right? Well, the thing about it is you have to know the nature of John to desire to go look for the eggs. Because if you know John is rich, if you know he's rich, you're going to go want to look for what he hid. But if you think John doesn't give, who cares about the eggs? Selah. Do you guys get that? So what happens is, we got the kids, and, and you have the eggs that are just like, as soon as you step out the door, there's like five, five feet, and then there's another one in the grass five feet. And those are for the kids. Those are for the little kids, the ones who are just learning to walk. And they go over, and they pick the egg up, and they put it in their basket, and they, they go over, and they, they'll find another one. But it's the ones that are like hidden behind the cleft of the fence or up in the tree or under the rock. Those are the ones that the big kids go for. Because the big kids have already grown up and they know what's in the egg right in front. But it's in the egg that's hard to find that you have the most valuable thing in. But see, if and you have to be in that mode of reception constant receiving to know that, hey, Papa's going out and he's hiding good stuff. I want to go find, no, I want to go find the things that are hard to find because those are the things that have the most value. And if I could just raise your level of expectancy, John's a good grandpa and he's an awesome dad, but Papa God is, is more amazing. He's hiding stuff from you. He's hiding stuff from you. And the reason why he's hiding stuff from you is because if you don't know what he's hiding, if you don't know he's hiding something from you, you're not going to go look for it and you're going to sit. You're just going to be like, I don't have stuff. But if you know the nature of God and if you know how good he is and you know he's hiding something from you, you're going to want to go find it. See, that's kind of cool. Like, I like to know that he has things out there for me that are just in plain view. And they are their knowledge of how good he is. But then that makes me go, whoa, there's got to be something way better if I keep looking. And I, I want to encourage, encourage those who have, you have gotten tired of going out and finding the, ro and finding the egg in the middle of the grass. And you don't know how wealthy our Father in Heaven is, 
so you don't look for the expensive things in life, the expensive revelations in life. You see what I'm saying? Do you guys get that? He's a good dad. I mean, he's a really good dad. He wants to give you things, but he wants you to know his nature so you can go find what he has for you. Because the whole thing, the whole reason why we do that, we do like the kids love the candy, but more importantly than the candy, they learn the nature of the man who's putting the treasure out there. That's kind of cool. That's how good our dad in heaven is. Amen. Today I want to talk about uh, birthright and blessing. Birthright and inheritance. Uh, birth, uh, inheritance and blessing. Uh, Genesis 1, you don't have to turn there. You know the story. Eh, let's go ahead and turn there. Why not? We're at church. Let's read the Bible, shall we? Genesis 1. <clears throat> I want you to... Um, I want you to notice, uh, and if you don't mind marking in your Bibles, I want you to circle the first time you see God show his approval on his creation, okay? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there is light. And God saw the light, and it was good, that it was good. Ah, oh, right there. He saw the light, that it was good, and divided the light from the darkness. So, light good, darkness bad. And, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament, and divided the waters from which were under the firmament, from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, so the evening and the morning were the second day. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, or it's dry appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then, then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit that yields fruit according to its kind. Re underline that, according to its kind. Whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind. And the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was? So the evening and the morning were the third day. Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and seasons and for, for days and for years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Then God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. Notice like that was the sun. Like God didn't make the sun on the first day. That, that was the day he made the sun on. I didn't know that growing up. I just... Okay. Um, 19. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Now, <clears throat> this is interesting. This is at the end of the fourth day. End of the fourth day. Put it like a circle, verse 19. Say, say, creation is finished. Say it again. Creation is finished. All right. So verse 20. Then God said, let the waters abound with the abundance of living creatures and let, let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living thing that moves on the earth. And it will bound according to your kind, every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. 
circle that blessed there. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. So, okay, now on the sixth day we know God created man. Amen? Yes, you know that? Do you know, do you know, how many gospels are there? There are four gospels. Do you know why there are four gospels? Do you know what the, do you know what the number four is signifies in the Bible? I already told you. The finishing of creation. Do you know that? That's why there, because your completion at the end of the, there, there are four gospels that were put into the Bible. You know, there are a lot of gospels. They're, they're weird ones and they don't all equate. That's why they didn't put them in there. That's the law of principles. It's another lesson. But you guys, this is interesting. Like at the end of the gospels, you're a new creation. Amen? At the end of the fourth day, creation was finished. But then what happened on the fifth day? He filled creation. So he finished creation and then he filled creation. That's just a nugget. That's kind of cool. Glory of kings. Okay? So here's something that's interesting. There are three things that took place. And there's three things to write these down. God spoke... God formed, God blessed. Everybody say it with me. God spoke, God formed, God blessed. Let's do it again. God spoke, God formed, God blessed. Do you know you weren't conceived of the Holy Spirit or born again by anything other than God's spoken word. Just like, just like in the natural, the child has no say in what family he or she is born into, neither do we in the family of God. Do you know you aren't responsible for your birth in Christ? He's responsible. You know that? And, and this is this is this has brought so much confusion when we think we're responsible for being born again. No, we're not responsible. We just agree. We just reflect what he spoke. You don't cause your being born into his family. He does. Who care in in the male female? Who carries the sperm? The man does. What's the sperm in the Bible? The Holy Spirit. Where does that go? Into the bride. The bride carries in her the womb, and she is responsible for the development of the child. You see, I was born into a family here. I was born into a family of God. I had no say in what family I was born into. You had no say of who your dad was. But guess what? You also don't have a say in who your heavenly father was. Because before the foundation of the world ever was laid, he already knew you. This is, this is some really good news. And what this counters, this counters a f major false heresy that's going around that people think that the people who are lost don't have someone they belong to. You know, there was the parable of the lost coin. And he left all the other nine, to, the lady went left the nine to find the one. The very fact that it's lost means that it has an owner. Do you guys get that? And there's a lot of people that they're like, oh, those people are lost. And they think, you know what? The reason why, yes, they might be lost, but they're going to stay lost unless you agree with the vision of heaven that says they are, they are the sons of God and you receive the seed, the conception, and you nourish, as the bride, nourish the seed of Christ, what will happen, that person will see the born-again experience because you believed it in them. God spoke. See, the reason why you have an inheritance is because his declaration, not because of yours. Do you guys get that? 
The second thing is God formed. The formational process is the proof in the pudding. The for, uh, it is the tangible revelation of the Father's declaration. See, in Jeremiah 1.5, y'all know that scripture. It says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. That word formed is the word uh, yatsar. It means framed. It means framed you. How many sides are in a frame? Okay, that's kind of cool. All right. In your mother's womb, I knew you. Now, a lot of times we look at the Bible and we're like, oh, that's, that's the intimate form. There's, there's two different there's two different words in the Bible there, uh, 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 that a lot of people get confused. They think that like every time, and he knew her, they think that that was sexual, but there's a differentiation between uh, he went into her and he knew her. There's two different things. And this one is the word yada. And before you, I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I yada you i i to it to intimately know you but it's not in a sexual way it's in a conversing way it's in he knew you he totally knew you and he framed you and he formed you you had nothing to do with the process he did it all here can i tell you a lot of things that uh, one of the things that i come against a lot is a lot of people think that they are like god birthed them and now they have to frame themselves they think that they are responsible for the development but of, of their spiritual reality, if you will. And that's a, that's a problem because what happens is if you have any part of the process, you're going to mess it up. We're really good at the, like We're pro mess uppers. And look, like a lot of people like, like I, got born, I, <laughs> I got born again, uh, you might have a date, but honestly, you're just agreeing with what he did from the foundation of the world. Because you went from being a, a one dimension or uh, someone who's just in the flesh to eternal. You become, you go from being a living and death person to now you are all the time, every time. And you could take from any part of eternity. I need to, I need to say something here. I need to, there's something that's, that's happening right now. I just sense, okay. Can we just pray real quick? I just want to pray real quick. Holy Spirit, I just, I just say have your way. I just, in the spirit, there's, there's, um, there's some movement going on and I thank you for what you're doing in the spirit. I thank you for the peace of God on, there it is. Okay. The peace of God on your people. Okay. Jesus name right there. Here's, here's why I have to, here's why I have to go. And you, there are some people that are having a hard time with your walk. You're having a struggle. You're having a hard time getting your steps right. Okay. Part of the problem is you think you had something to do with the starting point. He started it. You didn't start it. You just agreed with, with what he said. Which is, you, be, if, if you have a, a wrong start, like if, if you have a wrong start and if you learn how to walk wrong in the beginning, it's kind of hard to learn to un, undo that. I just want to say God started this process in you. God started this process. You didn't start this process. He is your dad. He create he in he conceived of you. And you can experience the goodness of the Father this morning. I think God's going to do something. I think um um God wants to uh there's some people that have just been having a hard time understanding why. God, why is this happening? You're in a why stage. And that and it's because you tried to take you tried to take a role that wasn't yours to speed up the process. And how many of you know in God in God's reality, you can't make the journey any shorter, but you can make it longer. You know what I'm talking about. You can't make it any shorter, but you can make it longer. 
And God is going to, I think God's going to uh, realign some things this morning. He's, he's going to break some things. There's some things that, as the body, we have to unlearn. How many of you guys, can I ask you a question? I'm going to ask you, I, don't raise your hand. When you leave here on a Sunday morning, I'm just going to talk to you as a family real quick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step off of this real quick, and I just want to talk to you as a family. When you leave here on a Sunday morning, like, I know that, I know for people who are, who are over churches and they're in leadership, that's part of their ministry is the fivefold, but I got to tell you guys, I look at this as family time. Like, I don't come to church and think ministry. I, when I go out there, that's when I think ministry happens. Like, I come together, and I'm not like, like, I think this is awesome time. This is, I get to, I get to give you hugs. We get to build each other. Hey, how, how are things going on your week? How are you doing? Are you looking for this? What, what does God do? And like, I think this time is faith building and vision building. So when we go out there, we have something to give. Do you know I have... God told me to to stop. Um, uh, God told me to. <laughs> this is going to sound so stupid. I had an Xbox in my house, and God said, "Hey, I want you to give that away." And I was like, "Okay." So I unplugged it and I put it in my car. And now, everywhere I go, I listen to see if anybody had like a broken Xbox because I want to give it to them because I got one in my car. Like, I have in my car, I got some remotes, I got some games, and everywhere I go, my, like, there's something in my head that's twisted and bent towards, I want to give this away. I'm looking to give this away. Now, I know all the guys are like, ah, David, oh, word of knowledge right here in Jesus' name. Okay? All right, so, so I've been looking, and I've been looking for someone to give this to, but guess what? That's because I have it to give. And if you are leaving here and you think that you have nothing to give, there's a good chance you're not going to give anything. You need to be receiving the seed of the Holy Spirit because if you don't receive the seed, you're going you're gonna to not have anything in your womb to develop and you're not going to look for a baby in Christ out there. You have to receive the seed of the Holy Spirit. And the woman is responsible for the cultivation of the child. You see that? Until the baby comes to term. But the person who started the process was his word. Do you guys get that? I just, here, look, I, this, I'm just going to tell you right now. This church is exploding. And here's, here's where I, I see it already starting. I see it starting on the faith level. And God is building something. He's building momentum in the spirit. And man, you, you talk to some of these people. You talk to some of our family in here. They're just like, oh man, something's happening. Something's happening. And it's just like, you know the grumblings. Like you feel the birthing pains. And this is awesome. And there's a level of faith and expectancy. You're like, man, this is cool. This is awesome. And guess what? That is a birthing process taking place. But if you aren't getting that, I'm just telling you, the reason why you're not getting that isn't because it's not here, it's because you're not hungry. It's because you aren't, you aren't feeding off of God being good. You're just waiting. And you don't realize he already gave you the seed. So I have this Xbox in my car and I'm just looking and I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm just like, uh, you know, I'll hang around, I'll hang around people at like the mall and or, or around game, you know, I'll go to like the game department and it, I have something to give. They just don't know it. See, I just want, God has something to give and he wants you to know the reason, reason why Jesus did all that the, he did was because he had something to offer. And if you don't think you have something to offer, there's a pretty good chance you're not going to have, uh, you're not going to give it, and you're not going to look for opportunities. But see, the Holy Spirit is looking for you, and He's waiting for you to discover how good He is, so you will go search and discover the glory of Him, and discover the glory of you. Um, I have a couple verses. This is a little. Thank you. It is good. I appreciate that. 
Do you know God's declaration over Abraham? I am going to talk about this real quick. God spoke you, he formed you, and then he blessed you. There's a difference between your inheritance and your blessing. Do you know that? See, your inheritance, this, I'm going to tell you the quick story of Abraham, and I'll, I'll tell you where it's at if you want to go look at it later on. Actually, it's, it's not the story of, uh, the story of Abraham talks about blessing. Um, it's in Genesis 12. Um, but what I was going to talk about was the inheritance that, that Esau had uh, given to Jacob in Genesis 25. It's 20, 21 to 34 is my reference if you want to look at it. But I want, for the sake of time, I want, to, I want to go into the point of it if you don't mind. Is that okay? Um, what had happened was it talks about the birth of Jacob and Esau. Jacob, Jacob was a bald man and Esau was hairy. I mean, he basically was a Sasquatch, kind of. He just disgustingly hairy from what I, I know. Sorry. That's just the vivid visualizations in my mind. It helps me. And, and so he, uh, the Bible says that Jacob grabbed the heel of Esau, uh, the way of the womb, and like everything that uh, Jacob, uh, Jacob was a homebody. He was a mama's boy. He stayed in tents uh, playing Atari when... Uh, when uh, Esau would go out and go hunting, I mean, he knew, and he was the pride of his dad. Esau was loved by Isaac, and Jacob was loved by uh, Rebecca. And okay, and so you guys know the story. So, um, what happened one day? Esau came in from a hunting trip. He had been out all day. He was starving, and Jacob, Jacob saw that he took he had made some made some porridge or uh, some venison stew and he said uh he said uh, his brother saw it he smelt it and he said give me, i need some food and he said give me your birthright and i'll give you the stew and he said what good is a birthright if i'm dead sure I'll, I'll give it to you now do you know what your birthright is a birthright is your inheritance now under under the under the, the culture, the Hebrew culture, the firstborn got 80% of the inheritance. Like, if, if, if I had 10 children, oh boy, if I had, <laughs> delete that and don't let my mom hear it, okay? Uh, <laughs> if I had 10 children, if I had 10 children, my firstborn would get 80% of everything and the other nine would have to split the 20%. You guys understand that? Okay, so the inheritance for the firstborn, you got a ton, and the other children didn't get a lot. Okay, so Esau, who's the firstborn? Because Esau and Jacob were twins, and um, I guess Esau got all the hair. And so when Esau said, I want the porridge, Jacob says, give me your inheritance, and you can have it. Well, okay, what good is inheritance if I'm dead? Ate the porridge. Then he sold his inheritance for stew. Then later on, a couple chapters later, it's, it's in Genesis 27. Just, it's the whole chapter. I'm not going to read it. But it's the story of Isaac is getting older, and he says to Esau, Esau, I don't know how many days I have left. I want you to go, and I want you to find, uh, go get some game, and bring it to me, and I will bless you. Okay? So, so Esau goes out and he gets game. Rebekah hears Isaac tell Esau to go get game. Cause, and he says, I'm about to bless you. She's like, I want Jacob to get the blessing. So she goes and says, hey, Jacob, okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to make you porridge. Uh, go kill two young calf. We'll, uh, we'll make porridge. We're going to, um, we're going to, you know, get you all ready. You're going to smell like your brother and everything like that. And he's like, all right, pretty much. Short story, David version. And so Jacob goes in to Isaac and is like, hey, dad, I'm here. And the da and dad, uh, Isaac says, you know, who are you? Because Isaac was getting blind in his old age. And he said, it's me, your son Esau. And he goes, you, you don't sound like Esau. You sound like Jacob. Y'all know the story. You sound like Jacob. And he comes over 
And he says, well, you told me, because the mom heard the story, told it to Jacob. Jacob said, well, you told me to go get game, and I, here's my game, and, and here's, here, you know, and he said, let me fill you, and he felt, you know, mom put some, like, goat skin or something on him. He felt hairy. He smelt like him. He's like, okay, I'll bless you. And he blesses. He gives the blessing to Jacob. Esau comes back later and is livid. And he, he was like, God, he's dad, just give me something. Give me some sort of blessing. Give, please give me just some blessing. Here's why I want to talk about inheritance versus blessing. Notice the blessing was dependent upon something. What did Jacob ask Esau to do? Go get game. Make me food. Bring it back to me. And I'll give you a blessing. See, now here's what you want to take from this today. There are some things you do have to work. There are some things you don't have to work for. Okay? There are some things you do have to work for. Amen. Do you know your inheritance? You don't have to work for that. What is the inheritance? Your inheritance is your birth in Christ. Your inheritance is the kingdom. Your inheritance, what is the inheritance? If, if you read the Bible, and a lot of people think that the kingdom of God is the location of heaven, and it's not. If you look up the word kingdom of heaven, that kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven, the word kingdom means, uh, it means royal power. Do you guys get that? Do you know how many, you know how many people are like, you get, you know, and uh, whoever believes him, uh, or Jesus is the, I said this on Wednesday night, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes, no one goes to heaven but by me. It doesn't say no one goes to heaven but by me. It says no one goes to the Father but by me. And see, what happened is, is when, when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus and he says, no one, no one can, uh, you must be born again. If, no, if you're not born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. He is not saying, if you are not born again, you can't see heaven. He's not saying that. He says, if you are not born again, you cannot see the royal authority of God. The royal power of... See, that makes total sense now. Because the, the scripture verse before, Nicodemus says to Jesus, he says, look, we know what you've done. We've seen these mighty works. And no one can do what you have done unless he was sent from God. Jesus' response is, you know what? No one can... You know, you have to be born again to know that. See, Nicodemus had a revelation, and Jesus was trying to confirm in him, you just had a revelation, and he had no idea what Jesus was talking about, because he didn't know the term born again. So he gets, later on, he gets hiccuped on the term born again. I just want to tell you, the kingdom of God is not a location, it's the person of Jesus. When you get the person, you get the power. You, what did Jesus restore? He restored our authority. See, the devil is still alive. He just, he doesn't have anything to, you see, he's still, he's still powerful, but he has no authority. There's a difference. I don't care if you have a gun. I want to see the badge. See, Satan is tormenting people. He's being a terrorist in people's lives. And so if someone say, the devil has no power. No, he has power. He doesn't have the badge. And when Jesus went down and ascended into hell, he brought the authority and then he says, here you go. Now it's your turn to rule. See, it's our turn to rule. Your inheritance, your power, your authority has nothing to do with what you did. It's what he did. Here's where people get confused. Blessing is determined by you. See, what determined whether or not Isaac was going to give Esau the blessing? Go get me game. See, 
You got an inheritance, but if you don't have, if you are not obedience, you will not be blessed. Do you see, do you see the difference there? There's a lot of people in the church. You got the inheritance, but you got no blessing. Listen to this. See, the inheritance is given to you by birthright, but your blessing is given to you by obedience. Okay? Your inheritance is the domain you receive. The blessing is the ability to rule in it. Did you guys get that? Just because you have a kingdom, that doesn't mean you can, you can rule in that kingdom. Your inheritance is the kingdom. The blessing is the ability to rule. See, your inheritance is determined by him, but your blessing is dependent upon you. So when people are like, people are like, hey, you know, I, I want your, you know, bless, you bless me. Look, I only bless you dependent upon your obedience to what I ask you to do. Jesus said to his disciples, he said it like this. He goes, if you love me, keep my commandments. Ask anything in my name, it will be done to you. Okay, let's, let's do this. Ask anything in my name and it will be done to you. What's the pretext? If you love me, keep my commandments. See, that outpouring to be able to maintain the kingdom of heaven is totally dependent upon your obedience. If you don't have the obedience, you don't have the blessing. Do you guys get that? See, we want people to be blessed. But guess what? We have no say in your blessing. You do. See, you can have an inheritance and you can have the inheritance of the saints in Christ and Jesus in the kingdom of God. But unless you have the blessing, you will not sustain the kingdom that you have been given. Do you know why God allowed Jacob to have the blessing rather than Esau? Because a man who sells his birthright has no business having a blessing. A lot of people are looking for blessing without the inheritance, but you didn't do anything about the inheritance. He took care, he took care of that inheritance. It's your responsibility. If you want to be blessed, if you look, we read in Genesis, remember? He said, God spoke, he formed, he blessed. Okay? In the blessing, if you look at in the formation, he told, he told, look, I'm going to give you the ability to create after your kind. Okay, this creation, you're going to create after your kind. Birds, uh, plants, create after your kind. Um, man, woman, create, a, create after your kind. Be fruitful and multiply. And, he, and, and then he said it was good. Okay, God gave creation the ability to recreate itself. Do you know that when a person does not, man, I'm going to go into some parents. How many of you guys know the, this is, oh, I heard this my whole life. Honor your father and mother and you will have long years in your life. Amen? Yes. It's the first commandment with a promise. Do you know why you, he wants you to live long? Here's the reason why. Now, God never gave you, not never gave kids that commandment thinking that parents that were ruling over them didn't have a relationship with God. Do you guys get that? See, the Bible, the Bible isn't for people who don't believe. It's the people who, oh, it's like, it's for everyone. But I just want to say, in like obedience, like I don't hold someone who is not born yet to the same standards to a person who is born yet. Does that make sense? So if somebody who's not been born again, if they're living a certain way, if they're like, you know, I don't, I don't care if you say, you know, I know the Bible, like your life is telling me the experience that you've had with Jesus. It's just, I mean, you might, you might be tormented, you might be in some pressure, but guess what? If you're under authority, then there's going to be a reign of protection and you will be in the process of making your way out of that place of torment. But if you're not under authority, you're going to stay there. So what happens is, is if a, if a child, 
if a child, when a child is under a parent that honors them, then he says, honor your father and mother and you will have long years. Why do you have long years? Because he wants you to be around a long time. Because God is into honoring honor. Do you know if a seed is not an honoring seed, if it's not a seed from God, it will continue to produce itself. But it just produces death over and over. So you have a you have a you have a parent who's like, man, I, I don't like what my father did, da 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 and then they turn they and they badmouth dad to children, and then children hear that and they say, Well, I'm not gonna do I'm not so what you do is you feed dishonor into your kids by dishonoring the past. What you do, you just uncreated yourself. Like you just removed authority because you separated yourself from yours. So now when your kids get older, they say, you did it. We all, we've heard that. Okay, you did it. But guess what? See, I, my, my dad and his dad, see, I, my dad and his dad, and my dad had a spiritual dad. My dad, my dad probably talked more about his spiritual dad than he did his physical dad. Okay? Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. But what happened is like, I heard my dad constantly honor his spiritual father. So I saw my dad under authority and my dad would constantly show me his, uh, he would show me his glories, but I'd also see his faults and he didn't denounce those. So, or he, he would, he would humble himself for those. So he created a reality where I could be humble. And so this this constant cycle of honor continues. So if you have honor, God wants you to be around a long time. And so I honor who's above me. And I have now recreated the seed. I now host the seed of honor in me that I could pass along. But dishonor does the same thing. When I dishonor who I'm under, I have, I have now passed along the thing that I don't want to pass along. And sometimes we see people who have experienced dishonor from other people, and when we try to pour honor onto them, they say, I, you know what? I can't, uh-uh. I'm sorry. I don't, for, I don't do that. Th that's not what I have in me. And God is going to, God has to root out the junk the torment, the unforgiveness that has happened in people's life so that you can have a healthy crop of what is to come. You guys okay? You guys, are you guys getting anything about this? You guys all right? Okay. Look, I, I just want you to continue. I do. I just want the right one to continue. Because... He doesn't have any authority other than the authority that you give him. You know that fear is just faith in darkness. And so when you feed fear, when you are like, oh no, I, I'm telling you, can I, I'm being really real with you guys. I am sensing, I am more than ever having a, a reality check of spirits that are giving me thoughts and I'm like, whoa, whoa, where, where did that come from? You ever get one of those? Like, you ever have one that just knocks you off your hinges and you're like, that was weird. You know what? It's okay because it wasn't you. That was a spirit giving you a thought that wasn't your thought. But it's up to you to believe that thought. And if you believe that thought, you can create the reality of the lie it told you. You know that? So what we do is that's why we take every thought captive because when the devil lies to you, he lies to you in your thoughts. <laughs> the majority of our fears aren't real. Isn't that interesting? But you know that we have the same authority with our faith? A lot of people's faith's not real. 
And you have been given the authority to create the reality of heaven that you are to produce. And God's doing something really cool in this family where we are saying, you know what? We, we have the authority. We have the nature of Jesus. We can do the impossible. I, I'm not afraid. I, I don't care about the amount of evil we face. I care about the quality of goodness I possess. My seed is more powerful. I got something good. I have the Holy Spirit in me. Romans 12, 21. Romans 12, this is my life verse. When I, I, I know I like Proverbs 25 too, but Romans 12, 21. I remember when I was a little kid and we learned it in, in our, our class. And it's, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And I remember my entire life what I would have crap come into my life. I'm sorry, but it was just junk. It was junk. It was not of God. It was evil. And it would come and it would face me. And I would find that verse and say, I have something more powerful than this. You have something more powerful than the evil you face. Some people are being tormented and they don't realize the quality, the absolute the absolute authority that you possess in the seed that he put in you. It has the total seed. There isn't a single person I could come up against. I don't care how horrible of a life you've had. All you need to do is see Jesus for one moment and you will be transformed into his likeness. God is doing this in this church where you are discovering the quality of the seed that you have. That when you come up against it, there is not, there is not one person who comes up into your presence that you cannot alter their entire existence because you have Christ in you. Do you know what Christianity means? Christianity doesn't mean you said a prayer at an altar call. Christianity is Christ reality. Christianity. The reality of Christ. I am the reality of Christ. Let me show you. I want to be accountable for the seed. And guess what? If I, I want to be able to prove the seed that I have. Jesus said that. Do you know that when Jesus, in John, Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? Okay. Do you know Jesus never confessed he was the son of God before that? Do you know that? Jesus never said, hey guys, I am the son of God. I am the son. Of, he never said that. He, he said, I am the son of man. He, but you know, the son of man was a common term. It was a common term respect of the Abrahamic lineage. It was a common, t- he, he const- I'm the son of, I'm the son of man. The son of man, is a, the son of man, he's son of man, son of man. But then he turned and he said to his disciples, who do men say that I am? Some say you're this guy, some say you're that. Well, who do you say that I am? Do you understand Jesus was putting out censors of his fruit. Because the confession of who he was, it was not just important for him to hear what the Father said, but what his fruit produced. So he looked and he says, who do you say that I am? And he says, and Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of God. Do you know it is more important that the world confesses who you are. It is ju- I should say it's just important for the world to confess whose son or daughter you are of than you. Do you guys get that? I want, th- I want the world to be able to know who I am just as much as I know who I am. You will know them by their by their fruit. You will know that they are my disciples by their love. Can we stand up to our feet right now? Um, I thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Right now, your presence is here in this place, and I, this is what I feel. I feel that there are people right now that, for, in the Spirit, a mirror has just been put in front of you. 
and you are starting to see who it is that is in the mirror. Is it Christ or is it you? Who started this thing? And what I just want to tell you, look, the, the, you, he started this. Like, if you want to come up and if you want to say, hey, God, I'm, I'm sorry, that's, that's fine. But I just want to tell you, he didn't declare that you were, you were unclean. I just, you, can, you can receive the cleanliness right where you're at. But what I want to do is um, I want to, right now, I just want to ask the Holy Spirit to put on your heart where you are at. Lord, right now, we know that the Holy Spirit, uh, His role, He had a role to go into all the world to convict and then convince. Now, the conviction is gentle and the convincing is life-changing. Not only does God want to convict you of the thoughts that you have allowed to hold you down, but he wants to convince you of your sonship and your daughterhood. That you are royalty. You are the reality of Christ. You are a Christian. You, are a, a, you, have, you have the mantle. The, the word Christ means anointed one. You're anointed. You are called. Lord, I thank you for the seed of Jesus that's in us, Lord, and we will not take for granted the quality of seed that we possess, Lord, and we will not be fearful to reproduce what we have because we know everything that we have is from you.